0: gone. oh wait we're not there yet. yeah
1: you have to intro us first
0: <laughs> hello and welcome to fuck me dead the podcast bringing you some stories from australia and its buddies that just make you say fuck i dead I'm Calcium Joe.
1: Calcium Joe. Okay. That's what they're calling me on the internet
0: these days. <laughs> calcium Joe.
1: And I'm Amanda. I don't have a cool nickname on the internet.
0: Oh, fuck. We still haven't filmed that Calcium Joe thing yet.
1: No. And there is some rank milk in the fridge. We won't use that. <laughs> no? No, it's like separated. It's really bad. Okay, yeah. We, need to, we need to get rid of it. But there's one in there that I think is uh, good for the job. It only smells a little bit. Oh,
0: nice. <laughs> nice. For those wondering what the fuck we're talking about... Um, <laughs> Obviously, I go by CJ and I was in a Twitch chat with some people I kind of know and someone called me calcium Joe and it sort of stuck. And so now I'm just rolling with it and I'm going to have an emote for my channel where it's just my face with me pouring milk on it.
1: Oh, we're talking about Twitch as well. On this, I'm for his Twitch channel, which yeah. I get the pleasure of filming. So this should be, it should be fun. It should also
0: be noted that I can't stand milk. I think it is a vile drink.
1: Oh my God. <laughs>
0: like I l out of my flavoured milks and I don't, I'm fine with milk in things. I just hate the taste of milk.
1: Mm. I, I like milk, so that's why we usually have it. Gross. Anyway, I was just uh, having a quick look over the patch notes for this Sunday, the twenty second of November. Yep. Three months ago, Victoria had four thousand two hundred ninety three active cases. Today, we have one.
0: Fuck yeah! And I think they're an international traveller.
1: Yeah, so that's that's pretty crazy. Three months ago, that's a huge difference in three months.
0: And we're now on twenty-three days straight of no new
1: cases. It's a lot of donuts, almost two dozen,
0: or dicks if you're that one guy.
1: Yep. Remember, <laughs> he
0: tried to be like eight hundred, and he just made a penis shape out of donut. I, <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought I'd bring it up because I, I thought I could do a story on it, but um. What about that that uh, South Australian lockdown? Because I think we mentioned in the podcast last week.
1: Yeah, that's South a South Australia weird had to
0: go into a lockdown again. And the whole reason it turns out is because some fuckwit lied to the contact tracers about where he'd been.
1: Why would you do that? I don't understand what you could have possibly gotten out of lying.
0: You locked down an entire state. I mean- I I guess, but why would you want
1: that? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense.
0: Apparently they're lining up like there's like kilometer lines outside of the McDonald's in South Australia at the moment because everyone's celebrating being free again. Like you're only in lockdown for a week.
1: Yeah, I will admit some of the comments from uh, South Australians online was uh, as a Melbourneian was kind of hard to swallow where they were complaining so much. And I'm like, dude, we were in lockdown for like literally six months. I I think the ones going
0: out. And panic buying toilet paper again are probably the worst, though. Oh, it's definitely. A week. How much are you planning to shit yourself in a week?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, that's the weirdest. Why is it always the toilet paper first?
0: Because it happened once. So now people are like, I better go buy toilet paper before everyone else buys oh toilet paper. Oh my
1: God. Anyway. Just uh, a day, you filthy ass people. Right? I will I will, I will back butts. a day for forever. It is yeah. the, one of the best things I think I've invested in. Anyway, how are you?
0: tired <laughs> sore turns out after working behind a desk for like five years and sitting around a house for an entire year uh it's really hard to stand up <laughs> for six hours a day several days in a row yeah which yeah. feels bad because i used to do that all the time that was my whole job i was standing up
1: You get used to it well,
0: yeah I'll, I'll get there again but i just want to get back to bed honestly <laughs>
1: I'm actually pretty tired today too. I swear, on weekends now, I get less sleep than I do during the week, and I don't know why. Probably well, if- you stay
0: up later. Yeah, as I was gonna say, it's because but I you stay still up wake until up at two, 2 a.m. Yeah, and you still wake up at the same time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so I should probably stop doing that. But so I'm pretty tired today. What have you got planned for us today? I've got a biggie.
0: Right, uh, my first story is quite long, nearly a page and a half, which is quite long for me. Uh, and then two quick ones. Like, my last one's really quick.
1: Okay. I think my first and last one are pretty quick, but my middle one, the notes are like two and a half pages long. Uh, so what's what's the vibe though? Vibe check.
0: Um, atrocities, idiots, and then something funny. Okay, cool. Featuring an
1: atrocity. Do, do you want to go last or do you want me to go last? I'll go last. So you're saying I should start. Yeah. I will admit that I picked this first story because of the headline and it's a weird one I'm not sure how funny it is realistically, but it just sounds so weird that it's a bit funny. So it's a weird one, but it's also kind of satisfying because karma comes around to bite this guy in the ass. So a Northern Territory man claimed that a sex worker, and actually, before I go any further, I'm going to point out that the Daily Mail used a derogatory word instead in their title. What are you doing? Clean up your shit. Why are you still using that word? Anyway, he claimed that a sex worker penetrated him with a cucumber, spanked him, and called him dirty names.
0: How much did he pay for that? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the going <laughs> rate is for that, to be honest. So I guess you're wondering why he's saying these things. Why is he claiming these things? Why are you telling people what you paid for?
0: Well, I'm presuming he's saying he didn't pay for that and he was assaulted.
1: Th- that is sort of where he's trying to go with this. He's using those actions as an excuse to explain why a window was broken in his home. What? So it sounds weird, but yeah, he's trying to claim that this sex worker mistreated him, but The reality is what he actually did was he dragged the woman into his house and sexually assaulted her. And his defense is, why would I admit to all these embarrassing things that I apparently paid for if they weren't true? And how does this relate
0: to a broken window?
1: So there was a broken window in the house, so... That, that was sort of like part of the proof that he sexually assaulted her, mm-hmm. but he's trying to explain those things away by saying, well, she shoved a no. cucumber at my butt.
0: She sexually assaulted me.
1: Yeah. It's a really weird defense. Like, I honestly don't understand how he thought this was going to like explain away what he did. It was really, mm. really fucking weird. So instead she actually broke the window by accident while she was trying to fight him off mm-hmm. and the man's flatmate even testified against him saying he saw the woman run out of his room naked and was like running down the hallway trying to get away from this guy. So it's oh, clear man. to me that I'm not sure he sure a paid be like, this like you're worker a
0: your business in your home and then all of a sudden like a naked woman comes screaming out of oh your ways and he's like assaulting her.
1: I lived in share houses in my early twenties and I'm telling you if that happened I would have just like I don't know freaked out. I don't know what I would have done. That would be terrifying to like be living in a house and then your housemate just suddenly has a naked woman burst out of his room and run away. Jeez. Yeah,
0: and he runs out with a cucumber up in his ass trying to assault her <laughs>
1: See, this is the thing, though. In in everything that I read for this, I'm not sure that the cucumber thing ever actually happened.
0: I don't think it did either.
1: I don't think it did. I think that he's trying to say, look at all these embarrassing things that I'm admitting to. Clearly, I'm not lying because it's so embarrassing. So why would I have assaulted her? It's a really weird defense. Okay, hang on, wait. His defense actually is. He's like, out here saying that it's okay for him to assault her because she penetrated him with a cucumber. Which not confirmed that that actually happened that that's his entire defense
0: like you're in the bedroom yeah people don't just leave cucumbers in the bedrooms it implies to me you brought it in for a reason
1: well i think what he's trying to say is like i actually asked for this service like this is what i hired her to do for me but i'm not sure he hired her at all like Mm. it sounds to me like he picked her up from wherever she was and uh dragged her into the house i'm not sure this woman got paid at any point or whether he really did just drag her into his house and assault her. Oh, hopefully she gets paid when she wins the court case. And then says, oh no, I wouldn't have done that because I'm going to admit that I let her shove a cucumber at my butt.
0: They have it, folks. If you are going to court, just say the opposition shoved a cucumber up your butt.
1: Apparently that's an acceptable defense.
0: Speeding fine. I had a cucumber up my butt.
1: <laughs> so the headline read, man 60, by the way, 60, definitely old enough to know better.
0: Jesus, okay.
1: Man 60 who claimed a- year old gonna- roommate? Sorry?
0: 60 year old? with is Your roommate's a 60 year old? That'd be a bit weird. Yeah.
1: I wonder how old his flatmate was. 12. Ugh. Okay. That's <laughs> that's gross. Um, so Man 60 who claimed, uh, and I'm not going to use the word they actually use, I'm going to use the correct term, uh, claimed a sex worker penetrating with a cucumber is found himself guilty of rape. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I was just like, serves you fucking right for trying to do that to someone. (laughs) And then use this weird defense to try and get out of it. What the fuck? Anyway, that was just a bit of a what the fuck one that I found this week. And I was like, "Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with people. I feel like I keep finding these ones where it's like, they use a wild defense- for like doing something really wrong and i don't know why or how it even makes sense has it ever worked i don't think so <laughs> so that's even like why why you keep trying it it doesn't work just stop <laughs> That was it, that was the whole thing. It was pretty quick, but yeah.
0: My story is technically also about a court case. Okay. Maybe, or soon-to-be court cases. Okay. I'm going to start off with a quote. It will require us to deal with honest and brutal truths, where expectations and standards may not have been met. Given the likely allegations of serious and possible criminal misconduct, the matters raised in the inquiry must be assessed, investigated, and, where allegations are substantiated, prosecuted in court.
1: That was a lot of legal words. Yes, that was actually Scott Morrison. Scott actually did something?
0: Uh, well, I think I handed him a script. <laughs> and he's talking there about a special investigator who was appointed to prosecute Australian soldiers of war crimes in oh, Afghanistan. Oh, I did
1: hear about this this week, yeah. So this
0: was, this is actually from earlier in the month before the report that got released this week, which we will go into. Mm-hmm. Um, which at the time I read, I'm like, well, that says to me that the government knows that Australian soldiers have committed war crimes. Yeah. That they're like, outright just says to me, yep, yeah, they've done it. So that's that that that's a story in of itself, I suppose. Like, like that was it. I was gonna be like, "Fucking Australian soldiers have done war crimes," but I fucked around and didn't do it for a while. I okay. got lucky. <laughs> well, no, but. Now we have the report, so we can actually find out what happened. So Scott Morrison also confirmed there were a significant number of incidents and issues to be looked into by the investigator. The issues seem to lie mainly in elite units, such as the Australian SAS and the 2nd Commando Regiment. So these aren't just like the grunt soldiers fresh out of school, these are like your...
1: Which is what you would have expected when you hear that, from what I understood from what I heard, I didn't hear that much, but that they were killing people and planting guns on them or something. Yeah. Um, you would expect that of, you know, maybe younger men who maybe didn't understand the severity of what they were doing or were influenced by other, maybe older.
0: Yeah, but these are your career soldiers, special yeah, forces. Yeah, like people elite. who you would
1: think would definitely know better, you would you would think, you would assume.
0: ScoMo also said a new panel to drive cultural change inside these units would be implemented. So it sounds like a weird sort of like, um like, like cliques basically happen. Like a, I don't yeah, know what yeah. What's the word I'm looking for here? Like a boys club kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, I think it clicks the right word.
0: So, as I mentioned, all this basically confirms to me that Australian soldiers have committed war crimes in Afghanistan. The government knows about it. That was announced on the 12th of this month. And then, on Thursday, a heavily redacted version of the report was released to the public. So credible information has found 25 current or former Australian Defence Force personnel were involved in serious crimes, whether carrying them out or at least being accessories. 36 incidents have been referred to the Australian Federal Police for a criminal investigation. The Inspector General of the ADF, which is Australian Defence Force, believes the federal government should pay compensation to the victims' families in Afghanistan now before the investigations have even begun. So that means like... Yeah, that means they kind of guilty like, as shit, really. Yeah, like preemptively just like give the money now so that after the court Basically like well, we've already paid them, so we don't have to make it more money. But I don't know.
1: It's probably to make them look better. I would assume.
0: Yeah. Well, like it's not even like it's the army's fault necessarily. It's just these couple of units that have fucked up.
1: Well, I mean, but they're still responsible for those units, yeah. so it makes sense.
0: Uh, the report, at least on Thursday took four and a half years to complete. Findings included the murder of 39 prisoners and civilians, Australian troops carrying throwdowns, which were weapons, radios, etc., that were not issued by the Australian Defence Force that they would plant on the bodies.
1: Yeah, which is what I heard.
0: I got a quote here from Major General Brereton. Brereton? I'm not too sure how to say his name. Um, this practice probably originated for the less egregious, though still dishonest purpose of avoiding scrutiny where a person was legitimately engaged turned out not to be armed, but it evolved to be used for the purpose of concealing deliberate unlawful killings. So already they're engaging people with reason, finding out yeah. they're unarmed and then be like, I'm going to
1: put a gun on him. Yeah, I mean, obviously all of this is so disgusting. I'm um, certain footage
0: came out of like two Australian soldiers like gunning down a guy in a field in, their f- in this farm.
1: Yes. So disgusting.
0: Yeah, so as I mentioned, it seems that units involved in instance developed like a weird clique culture. Again, quoting... I'm pretty much just quoting the journal for the rest of this article, actually. A substantial, indirect responsibility falls upon those in the Special Air Service Regiment who embraced or fostered the warrior culture and the clique of non-commissioned officers who propagated it.
1: I mean, come on, guys. Cliques are for high school. Like, you guys are grown men. <laughs> Get the fuck over it. I don't understand... I, I mean, I also, also don't really understand how being involved in a clique would drive you to murder innocent people for no real fucking reason. And call it okay because War, you know. Because you're a
0: warrior. Ugh. Like, Prove you're a man. Kill this child.
1: Ugh. So disgusting. Honestly, the whole thing.
0: What are you, a gay pussy-ass bitch? Fucking shoot that civilian. Ugh. Yeah, elite warriors.
1: Yeah, no. It's just. I, I imagine that's not far from the truth. I um, imagine that's
0: exactly how it went down. Yeah. The report notes that the distorted culture was embraced and amplified by some experienced charismatic and influential non commissioned officers and their proteges who sought to fuse military excellence with ego, elitism, and entitlement. <laughs> so it really does just sound like some fucking roided up dudes got in there and were like,
1: oh yeah, uh,
0: just made everyone else around them be like that.
1: I mean, it's it's so alarming that dudes like that are the ones that are responsible for defending our country. Like what the fuck?
0: They're the elite. They're the ones we send yeah, into that's like, what I mean. the special shit. I mean they're not my soldiers, so <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you live here, so they are now. (laughs) Ah!
0: The soldiers being investigated would try to hide the truth and deceive the investigators. Quote, The inquiry has encountered enormous challenges in eliciting truthful disclosure in the closed, closely bonded, and highly compartmentalized special forces community, in which loyalty to one's mates, immediate superiors, and the unit are regarded as paramount, in which secrecy is at a premium, and in which those who leak it are anathema. So I think we'll probably hear more about this in the coming years, I'd imagine. I don't think a lot of the court probably starts till next year. Um, But for the army's credit, they are the second squadron of the SAS is being struck from the army's order of battle, which is like (laughs) hierarchy of troops and who's deployed. They're basically being dismantled due to the findings. And a new squadron is going to be recreated to replace them. And obviously they're going to try and found a much better culture in that group. Because it sounds like the other SAS units were fine. It's just this second squadron that was, like, fucked.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, and that's the only way to do it, is to, like, completely gut it. dismantle it. Get it, start it, again. Remove
0: any legacy of it. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Um, because otherwise you're going to have lingering attitudes that would just infect the new force. So, like, yeah, that's the only way to do it. Gut it, yeah. start again. And who,
0: who wants to join the second squadron and be like, oh, yeah, you're the guys who shoot the civilians.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I. It's absolutely disgusting the behaviour that they are carrying out there, all in the name of oh, I'm a soldier. No, doesn't I'm give really you a license to murder warrior. randomly. <sighs> yeah, and I'm I'm glad that they got caught. Hopefully, this discourages any other attitudes like that in other um, parts of the defence force.
0: But I think it was pretty. Uh... Interesting that the Australian government just pretty much came out and said, yep, our soldiers did war crimes. If it did come out and it turned out that the government had tried to hide it, that would be way uh, worse. Oh, yeah. So uh, actually no, good on them for just actually doing it.
1: I'm sure it was probably considered. <laughs> Can we cover this up? <laughs> But I think I think it's the right move to uh to just own up to it and then punish those responsible. I think that's a much better example than letting it continue and become a you know real well. It's already a real problem, but you know what I mean, a bigger problem.
0: Yeah, and all this stuff happened four years ago as well. So I not mean, even that long like, ago. What's happened in the past four years while this investigation was happening? Yeah, but that was my long story.
1: Oh, okay. I've got a much longer one than that. <laughs> Because today we're going to talk about... Uh, oh, sorry. Are you finished or am I just jumping in? Yeah, I'm in? done. No, I'm... Okay. I thought today might be a good time to talk about one of Australia's uh, biggest mysteries. And I th- I'm pretty sure you're aware of this one, I think. I'm No, I'm fairly certain.
0: Australia's biggest mysteries. One of them. Well, we've done Harold Holt. Yes. <laughs> I don't think we're doing... Well, that's not a mystery. That was solved. Uh... Biggest Mysteries. It's an old one. Oh, are these the kids who walked into the sea?
1: No, 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 no.
0: Hanging Rock?
1: <laughs> oh, that's on my list. I should do that one. But no, no, it's not that one. Maybe maybe I'm overestimating how much people know about this one, but I was going to talk about The Somerton Man. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, Because I it came up again in the media recently, and I seen the article and I was like, ooh, maybe we should talk about that one. Because it is a cold case still. Still open. Still being investigated. Uh, So, I mean, I guess, spoiler alert, I don't have an answer. So I hate nine. how often I say that.
0: Okay. All your stories are like that. <laughs> yeah, I well having... mystery podcast.
1: Uh, yeah, so I think it's also known as a Tamam Shud case, which yes, I'll explain. That was
0: the book he had, or
1: it was uh, something that he had on him, which, which yeah. I'll explain. So you might have heard it under that name as well. But yeah, it's just it's a really old case, and it's wild. So if you have heard anything about this case before, I'm going to warn you, I'm cutting a lot because otherwise we could literally sit here for two hours and talk about it because there is so much. So I've condensed what I think is important to the story, but there's so many side things that I could have talked about as well. I would highly recommend listening to those conspiracy guys. They did a really good episode on this. That's probably the first time I heard about it. And I did I did look just to see if Casefile did an episode because, you know, case file does everything. And it was Case 2. Jeez, okay. So I don't know what the quality would be like on that. I haven't listened to it because that's too far back for me to go back. I mean, I assume because it's case file, it's probably good. How much do you know?
0: I'm fairly certain I probably know most of what you're going to tell me.
1: Okay, we'll, we'll start at the beginning. I guess it's probably a good good place to start. On December first, nineteen forty-eight, a man was found dead on Summerton Beach in Adelaide, and no one knew who he was. And in twenty twenty, we still don't know who he is. Spoilers. I think it's crazy that they couldn't identify him. Had had how is he? How does no one know who he is? Hmm? Is this one looking for him? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's probably that's probably the wildest detail is that we cannot figure out who this guy is.
0: To me, it's not so much, but I don't want to say anything now because it's going to ruin what you're going to say. Yeah. Yeah, so um, i will just, just keep up. It's probably one of the
1: only ones that I've done that you actually know all the details of, <laughs> and yeah, it's unfortunate because I think at this point, anyone who did know anything probably isn't alive still because a lot of the people I'm going to talk about are now dead.
0: Well, the the case was over 70 years ago, This was 72 years ago now.
1: Oh wow, okay, shit. I didn't re- see for some reason. I'm I still think that it's like the late 90s. So it that kind of. Didn't click to me.
0: Because <laughs> he was found in 1948.
1: 1948,
0: yeah. So it's, yeah, it's almost been December 1st, So very, very close. So if we did this next week, <laughs> the episode would have gone out 72 years and a day after he was found. Damn,
1: I should have waited. Too late, I wrote the notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to mention this because I thought it was funny. But I came across a new idea article and it was titled, Secrets of the Summer Man- Summerton Man Exposed.
0: What was their new idea?
1: Have, have you never read New Idea? I mean you've probably never read New Idea, but No. It's like a really like woman's weekly tacky, kind of thing, isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's like really tabloidy and I just thought that was a really stupid headline. Who's interested in that? Like who's reading New Idea? I don't know. And it was like exactly how you picture it, like how they've got exposed in like capital letters, like in their big bubble font. Yep. Do you on know an what angle. I mean? Like on an angle. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I just thought it was so stupid anyway.
0: Meek and Markle wears the same dress again.
1: Ah! Yeah, but under that you've got Summerton Man secrets exposed.
0: <laughs> Top five reasons to why like, your husband's dick fell off.
1: Is that a thing that happens?
0: I don't know. I'm just thinking about the <laughs> shit these magazines have in them. And let's get ready for Christmas. Fun <laughs> gift ideas for the kids.
1: It was like the fifth Google hit. The Summerton Man is uh, anyway. Anyway, I thought that was funny. So, he was found slumped against a wall at Somerton Beach. Now, I will admit, when I first heard this story, because I'm pretty sure I heard it on a podcast, um, and they said he was slumped against a wall, I thought, you know how, like, at Manly, they have, like, those brick walls at the side? Yeah. Okay, that's not what it looks like at all. Hold on one sec.
0: If you go on the Wikipedia article, they've got, like, a photo of his body.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, like, this isn't a great photo, but, like, that's what it looks like. Oh, okay. Like, it's rocks. It's not, like, a wall wall.
0: Yeah, that's more like a tide wall.
1: Yeah, so when they say wall, they don't mean like a man-made wall, basically. That looks like it's just a bunch of rocks on top of each other. It's not really a wall.
0: It's like an artificial embankment made out of rocks to stop the tides coming into the town.
1: Yeah, so just because, yeah, I definitely got the wrong picture in my head when I I first heard about it. When he was found, he was wearing a suit and tie, so very um, well-dressed. I think he had a hat as well, and he had no... Real personal belongings I think on a him. Style
0: in the forties, everyone wore a hat.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. I th- I, I think like in the forties, it was more people dressed up. Yeah, like people didn't just wander around in like jeans and a t-shirt. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Went
0: out in your suit and tie and yeah, um, hat.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he was uh, definitely in in fashion with the time. But when they found him, he had no real personal belongings on him, and the tags on his clothes had been cut off, which I guess isn't the weirdest thing ever. Maybe they annoyed him. I don't know. I've definitely cut tags off clothes before because they annoyed the shit out of me. Mm. Who knows? But one couple said that they had seen him around 7pm the night before, and they witnessed him raise his arm up and then let it fall back down. So that would indicate that he was still probably alive at that point. But obviously he was found dead the next morning in the same spot. Yeah. So he didn't move from there. They performed an autopsy, and it was found that he had an enlarged spleen and internal bleeding in the stomach and liver, but there was no outward signs of what had killed him so it wasn't like you know someone had beat him or you know he was stabbed or anything like that so there was no real reason for the internal bleeding that they could figure out and it was suggested at the time that it could have been poison possibly but there was no real conclusive evidence in the autopsy so his reason for death was never found so they had like some evidence I mean, sure, something had happened.
0: We've still got the body on ice somewhere. Can't they do another autopsy? I'll get to that. (laughs) There's like 1948 forensics and autopsy shit.
1: Yeah, and that's very true. I think you should keep that in mind. I'm sure that if this exact same thing happened today, we'd probably be able to tell what killed him. But at the time, they couldn't really come up with an explanation for why he died. They had this enlarged spleen and some internal bleeding, but they couldn't give you an explanation as to why that happened or what killed him. Because mm. there was no suggestion to say that the bleeding or the enlarged spleen would have killed him. So his, his yeah cause of death was just inconclusive and they had nothing pretty much. Obviously, they're no closer to his Id- identity at all because he had nothing on him that could identify him. And the only other thing that they found that they thought belonged to him, and this was because in his pocket, he had an unused train ticket. Apparently train tickets back then didn't have names on them or anything.
0: Well, they, slur- well, they don't have names on them now, do they?
1: Well, no. I mean, I think this was one of like the regional ones because he had a- put a suitcase in the cloakroom. Yes. And what was in the uh, suitcase. Actually, I sent you a photo of the suitcase just because I think it's interesting what it looked like. Uh, where is it? Where is it? I had it. I don't know what I've done with it. That was a big letdown. But it's really exactly what you think it is. It is an old, timey suitcase. Because, yeah, there's a photo of it that has um, the suitcase and all of its contents laid out.
0: I'm fairly sad I've seen that.
1: Yeah, it's just not very much at all. Like no. It wouldn't have even half filled the suitcase. That it came from. Um, So it had some more clothing that had all of the labels removed. So people think that... Because apparently it was quite common in the 40s and 50s to write your name in your clothes. Obviously, uh, clothes weren't really mass produced yet. And no one wanted to lose their their shit, basically.
0: Yeah, like you were still going to your tailor and stuff to get them made. Exactly. So so everyone wrote their name in their clothes. I found a photo of the contents of it there. To me, he's got Mm. a spoon.
1: But yeah, the thing is about the labels, people think that because it likely probably had his name on it, that they were deliberately removed. Mm. he also had some thread that wasn't sold in australia which is also a bit weird
0: i guess this is not too weird that it's in there he's got a kiwi branded boot polish in his suitcase
1: okay i mean that's probably not that weird
0: being australian yeah but most of it just looks like what you'd normally travel with. It looks like a lot of shaving equipment. Yeah, so it is. It's all like
1: clothes, thread, um, scissors, shaving brush. and He had a knife. That was probably not too uncommon back then. That was probably not that uncommon, yeah. So there was nothing like really highly unusual. The only thing that people point out is the labels being removed in his clothes and the fact that the thread he had, which is presumably to mend clothes, wasn't sold in Australia. That That came from overseas. And at the time, having imported goods like that wasn't really that common. That wasn't really a thing. Especially like for clothes. Clothes were not really imported yet. Those things, they thought maybe he wasn't a local. Maybe he had traveled to Adelaide. Or that he was a local and traveled a lot. Mm. But again, because we don't know who he is, there's no real answer there. So the only real piece of information that led to anything um, was found a few weeks later in his trousers. And it was a tiny piece of paper that had been rolled up. Um, And it was like hiding in the you know how like men's pants have this I don't, don't think women's pants really have it is they have like the little pocket
0: yeah I the call bigger it pocket? a coin pocket because that's what I use it for but I think it was originally for like a pocket watch or they're not even that
1: a, big though they're very I think it's, I think it's like called a, a buyer pocket maybe I don't know it's very small. Anyway, it's a very small pocket. It's the small you know pocket
0: inside. Usually it's on your right hand side. You've got your main pocket and then inside mm. there's a small pocket.
1: They found it in the bottom of that. I'm guessing they're probably like, there's a part of me that's had it take a few weeks to find it, but maybe it was like really scrunched up yeah, in the bottom no, and they didn't go, feel it, is, it. It's
0: called a fob pocket. It's a small pocket for carrying a watch.
1: There you go. Interesting. It was a piece of paper that had been ripped out of a copy of the Rubaiyat, which is an 11th century book of Persian poems. which I guess is a bit left of field, but I think it was actually quite popular.
0: It was in style at the time.
1: Yeah. And the words on the piece of paper were Tamam Shud, which means the end or finished. Um, after that discovery was made, another man came forward saying that a copy of the book was thrown in his car via an open, open window around the same time that the Southern man was found dead. So he ended up turning the book into police, and sure enough, that phrase had been ripped out of that copy. Mm. So it's probably pretty easy to assume that that was his book. His
0: book. Did he throw it in, or did someone else do it? Mm. Don't
1: know. That's the thing. Or, but, I mean, if someone else did it, why would they have ripped that out and put it in his pocket? That's why I think it was probably him. It's
0: pretty fitting. The end.
1: Well, I mean, that's why one of the theories is that he committed suicide.
0: Yeah. It's a very poetic way to go, I suppose.
1: Is it though when no one knows the reason why you did it or even well, who you're depending you are? on
0: your life, like if you're like my like this is how I've always thought of it is that he's sort of at the end like it's a wit saying like it's all like he's come to show for whatever reason. I don't gotta say anything before I go ahead and spoil something. Yeah. And- <laughs> turns out that, you know, that's not going to be the case. He doesn't really have the money to get back home. He doesn't really know what he wants to do with his life anymore. And he decides it's finally time to give up. So he takes a bit of poetry out of the book he has, which symbolizes the end or finished. Mm. Sits down on the beach and like, for some reason, I always pictured him dying as the sun was rising, which is weird because in Adelaide, the sun doesn't it's rise. Over the, it doesn't rise over the water.
1: He would have died before the sun rose. Spoiler. Yeah,
0: I know. That's just how I always pictured it. But yeah. Also, the sun doesn't rise over the sea in Adelaide because the coast is a western
1: coast. Yeah. So, this man has turned in the copy. That copy has had Tamam Shud ripped out. So, clearly his book. But what was more mysterious about the copy was in the back cover, there were five lines of letters and they were random or they appeared random anyway. Have you seen that? No. I definitely have a photo of that. Hold on. So, they seemingly appear random, they make no sense. They're not words. Mm-hmm. So, that was odd. So yeah, it is. It's like five lines. I would say about, what, 10 characters per line. It's gibberish. It doesn't look like it means anything. But it also had a phone number underneath that. So it was, it is suspected that the letters are a code, but no one's been able to crack it. No one. I'm assuming that governments employ people to crack codes and no one's been able to figure it out as of yet.
0: (laughs) I think people do it as a hobby as well.
1: Yeah. So yeah, pretty much no one who has seen this has been able to crack it, which I think is suspicious. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's not the only case like that in the world where there's like, a, no one knows it. This is like the, um, uh, God, what am I thinking of? The Voyeur manuscript, or it is?
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe it was his own shorthand that only meant something to him. It's possible.
0: The Voynich manuscript, sorry.
1: I don't know. I just don't know what the fuck that would have ever meant. But anyway, doesn't matter. So the phone number, though, led them to a woman named Jo. She lived nearby in Adelaide, and she was actually taken to see a cast of his head, which they made so that people didn't have to look at the body and the officer said that when they let her in there and she seen it that she acted very strangely Mm. they they said that she didn't act like shocked or surprised or anything or just odd especially because she then followed it up with saying that she didn't know who that person was right and they were like why would you have any reaction if you didn't know who it was if that makes sense it seemed weird Uh, Another thing worth mentioning here is that Jo was known for giving out copies of the Rubaiyat.
0: How convenient. Yeah, right? Also, what a weird thing to be known for.
1: Any man that she got involved with, she gave them a copy of the Rubaiyat. It is worth mentioning, though, even though, for us, an 11th century book of Persian poems seems kind of a weird gift, it was kind of in fashion.
0: Yeah, it had only been published in the late 18... The English translation only hit shelves 60 years prior.
1: Yeah, so it it was quite in fashion, so it's possible that that is just a coincidence, but I think it's a pretty huge one. So, despite Joe insisting that she didn't know the man, many suspected that her son might have been his. The Summita man and her son shared two really unusual genetic features, which I don't know how you could say that they're not related if that's the case. So they both had ears that had the upper ear hollow, much larger than the lower ear hollow, so usually it's the other way around. And as far as I know, it doesn't actually affect your hearing or anything like that. It's really just a physical attribute.
0: Looking at the picture of him on Wikipedia, he kind of looks like he has elf ears, actually. They're very pointed.
1: That has nothing to do with the genetic thing. But oh. I think if you passed him in the street, you wouldn't notice. But when you like put them side by sides to, like uh, air quotes, a normal ear, you can definitely tell the difference. It's a thing that only happens in one percent of the population, like worldwide. It's very rare. So that, that's a bit of a quinky dink as well. Like a lot of things are connecting these. They also both had a rare dental condition. They were both missing their lateral incisors, which is the ones that are next to your buck teeth. Next to your what? You know, you've two front buck teeth. Yeah. So that little one that you have next to it, and then yeah. you have like your incisor. Yeah. They were missing those ones. Anyway, uh, where was I to? Both of those things, the fact that they were they're both really rare genetic things. And they both have them. And she's really insistent on not knowing this man. Sort of she seems like she might reaction, be trying to hire something.
0: Can, this is where I'm at. I am very confident that he's related to these people.
1: Mm, yeah. Same.
0: He came up to be the father. She said, no, I don't want you in the life. And he's gone, well, fuck this and killed himself somehow died on the beach
1: that is definitely one of the theories that it was a you know because i think i think joe was married i assume that she was claiming that her son was her husband's yeah and probably didn't want the drama so probably told him to fuck off and the clothing and everything sort of implies that he traveled probably a long distance to be able to see her and what may have been his son so i can imagine that maybe if he was rejected maybe he thought well fuck this i'm done yeah. Maybe. That, that's the this theory is all theories, by the I'm, way.
0: I'm pretty, like, I, I'm fairly confident that's where it went.
1: There are some other really wild theories, though, which are just fun. Honestly, though, not that far out either. So the really wild theory is that this this man and Joe were spies together in the Cold War. <laughs> and that was how they knew each other. And that's why she doesn't want to admit to knowing him.
0: Okay, I was going to say, but like, I was like, why would they be Cold War spies in Adelaide? But you're saying they worked together in the Cold War and they're, they're like, this is after their operations.
1: Yes, exactly. Okay. So I think, actually I'm not too sure about the years of the Cold War, but I think it was either ended or had just ended.
0: No, the Cold War ran from 1947 to 1991. So they're only a year into it by the time he's dead.
1: Right. Okay. But I mean, that, that is a big theory. A lot of people believe that that that's how they knew each other. I'm assuming if they're spies, they were probably working together before the Cold War. But the other side of that is that that there would have been like a lot of paranoia and stuff about that sort of thing at the time. Yeah. So maybe that's why that was a theory. I I don't Um, see
0: that happening. There's just like, Within the space of like, like, like really things. only had a year and a bit for it all to happen. Like,
1: well, what I'm saying is that they were work, probably working together. They, you don't just become a spy, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> you don't like just wake up one morning and you're like, yep, you've been promoted to spy. In Adelaide? You f- I don't know, I don't have the answer to that.
0: No, I don't, I don't buy the spy theory,
1: <laughs> but I mean, there are a few things that kind of do lend to that theory, like the code. And and not being able to be cracked. The the clothing and the thread that weren't from Australia. So he'd clearly traveled. I think that's pretty much it. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Also, I think Joe's daughter, I read a lot of things. So it's kind of hard to keep my head straight about what I did and didn't read. But I'm pretty sure I did read that Joe's daughter said that she spoke Russian. Okay. So that's also something. What was Joe's Um, last name? I want to say it was Bennett, but I could be wrong. She went by like three different names. Like Joe's not even her real name. That's just the name she went by. Sorry, her last name was Thompson.
0: Like the gun. Oh my god! I look. <laughs> I'd be more comfortable if they said World War II spy. That'd be, I'd be okay. There's time there.
1: Well, okay, you could interchange it.
0: No, they said Cold War. I'm sure. It's a fucking. It's a dumb theory. Not long enough. Striker oh, from the history dear. books. I'm solving the case.
1: <laughs> okay, but um, who, who knows? Since we don't know who he is, we have no idea what he did for work. There were also a lot of comments in the autopsy about um, he had well-defined muscles, basically that he was like quite fit. Hmm.
0: He's got quite a chubby face, but there's also like his death photo.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. And he's um, lying
0: back on a table, so like it's only from his neck up. So I like, don't know okay.
1: how long he's been dead for in that photo either. Yeah. So it's, um, I guess if, if you've ever seen a dead body, people generally don't look like they did when they were alive. So I know it's a weird thing to say, but if you've seen one, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I don't know if I would take that, but no, it was commented a lot about how he had really well-defined calves. Apparently that was the thing. And there was even like a theory at one point that he was in like the Russian ballet because of how well-defined his calves were. So... <laughs> I think people are just sort of grasping at straws, trying to figure out where this guy came from and what he did to try and figure out what he's like, his identity. It's, there's just, there's so many theories. I'm not going to go through them all, but the, the biggest, wildest one that there were spies together. That's why she didn't want to identify him. That's why she insisted she didn't know him. That explains the code that it was some kind of like spy code. I don't know if I believe that. But, I mean, crazier things have been true, so who knows?
0: Yeah. And it could also be why they couldn't rule out um, a cause of death, because he's taken some mystery drug that the autopsies don't know Yeah,
1: I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's a good point. Maybe someone poisoned him from the government. Why? What if he was a Russian spy? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you could go down so many avenues with that one. (laughs) So I think the whole thing is just no one knows who the fuck he is or where he came from is basically it and people will grab at anything to try and create some theory about where he came from so there have been talks multiple times about exhuming his body for dna testing especially now that we obviously have better technology that's more advanced and we probably would be able to at least identify his relatives the most recent thing i could find was in october 2019 uh the southern australian attorney general signed off on the body to be exhumed so she said yes let's do it
0: when was that, sorry? 2019.
1: October October 2019.
0: It's been a year. What's happening? COVID.
1: Mm. And I think what they were doing after that is they were actually trying to fundraise the money to do it because obviously doing it is quite expensive and a university is doing it. So they probably don't have the funds to do it.
0: Yeah, because all, 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 all their students who give them all their money had to
1: I know, right? stay <laughs>
0: home for the year. International students, sorry. I
1: was gonna say, considering the year we've had, I would probably say it's been on hold or just taking longer than it normally would. But hopefully in the next couple of years we might actually hear something about who he is, which could be really cool. They are obviously planning to use her son's DNA. However, her son, who was named Robin, died in two thousand and nine, but he had children of his own.
0: Yay, so we still so, got
1: so still got some DNA that could at least link his children to the Summerton
0: fucking shade that he's gone because that would have been kind of cool for yeah. his son to be alive
1: the, the other thing is so the whole oh, Russian no, ballet fair, thing
0: to be fair like he may yeah. have actually known like his yeah. mom well, been. by the, the way something is, totally dead. keep it a secret bye Blech.
1: well Robin's daughter says that she doesn't know for sure mm. so she's never been told whether he knew or not who knows Yeah. But it kind of sounds like Joe's really good at keeping secrets, so maybe he didn't know. Uh, But yeah, the whole Russian ballet thing. So Robin was a ballet dancer. Okay. So it's kind of a weird connection there, I guess. We're basically up to today, but I've left out a lot of detail in this case. There is so much more to it. There's so many, like, aside things, like police losing evidence. Like, they don't have the suitcase anymore. They just fucking lost it. They straight up lost it. They have no idea where it went. So that was a whole debacle. Apparently, they had a bunch of false names. So on some, on something in his suitcase, the name Keen was written on something. So they thought that might have been his last name.
0: Keen, like the mustard.
1: Keen, like I think it was spelled K E A. Okay. So that led them on a wild goose chase and all the people that they could find connected to that name were alive. And then they gave other names and they all found out to be alive. There were other names that were connected to Joe who were all alive. Like they spent so many time chasing up all these other names that could have been this guy, but then ended up finding them alive. It was like a lot of police work. I feel like in the summary I gave, it kind of seems like the police didn't do that much, but no, they did. They did a lot. I just didn't. I, we don't have the time in this uh podcast me to go through every single one and what ended up happening because it's a lot but i think the juiciest side story in this one is that the person who is responsible for researching this case he married joe's granddaughter <laughs> like this guy's whole life is the Summerton, like the Summerton man and you he ended up marrying joe's granddaughter isn't yeah. that weird yeah. <laughs> I think that's the weirdest thing about it. He's going to exhume like, the
0: Summerton man and then he's going to like dump Joe's what? granddaughter and he's going to be like, what was that story with that guy in America? And he faked being a doctor and then he fell in love with a patient <laughs> yeah. and then he exhumed her body and like kept her as like a rotting corpse puppet in his house oh, for years. Oh yeah, no, that was so bad. He's going to do that with the exhumed body of the Summerton. Okay. man.
1: Okay, he's still alive and working on the case, so let's not say anything about him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think he's just very- It's probably just a case of, like, this is his passion and it led him into meeting the granddaughter. Yeah, I think that's more what
1: it is, too. "Hmm,
0: Okay. Not, I'm going to marry into the Summerton Man.
1: It makes it very convenient for him to have access to potentially the Summerton Man's DNA.
0: (laughs) Is that why he did it? I don't think so.
1: (laughs) I honestly don't think so because I have a feeling that uh, her granddaughter would have cooperated anyway. I think it's more that it brought them together and they met and, you know, it worked out. But it's just, I think it's very funny that... His uh, whole life work led him to marry (laughs) the (laughs) granddaughter of one of his subjects. Um So after all of that, that was a really, really brief summary. And I feel like I talked a lot, but that was a really brief summary of the whole case. Most recently, I read an article that's come up about how a Hollywood special effects artist is trying to create images of the Summerton man, what he would have looked like when he was alive. Sort of going back to what I was saying about if you've seen a dead body, they don't really look like the person. Or they do, but they don't at the same time. So he's, yeah, he's trying to recreate what he would have looked like. When he was alive. So up until this point, the only photos that they have obviously are of him, like of his body, which are not great ones. I'm going to warn you. If you, if you Google this, you'll see them. They're not graphic or anything, but he's definitely dead in them. And they also have like casts and stuff that they had made, you know, back in the forties. That's all they have really. So I'm going to show you the photo that they've come up with. I mean, uh, it looks pretty good. Okay. Like it doesn't, it looks fake, but it also doesn't look fake at the same time. It's, it's a bit weird. No, it says in the Uncanny Valley. Yep. Yeah. Ugh, that
0: is unsettling. They got his ears right, though.
1: Yeah, because in the article, right underneath it, they have a photo of his body. <laughs> it looks pretty good.
0: Did you see what I mean, though, by, like, quite pointed ears?
1: Yeah, I do I do see what you mean. They definitely got his, like, ears right, they got his teeth right. Like, yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Especially when you compare it to the photo of his body. Mm. It really does look pretty good. I straightened his collar up for him. It's, uh, <laughs> it is a bit uncanny. Like, he's really staring into my soul a little. Yeah. And I think it's probably even more eerie because you know the story behind it. Like, you know that that's of a dead person. That they've used a dead person to create that. Um, yeah, so I will say if you Google this, you will see photos of his body. If that bothers you, don't Google it, but... I mean, it's really like the first hit that you get when you Google Summon to Man. The artist worked with Derek Abbott, who is the researcher who married Joe's granddaughter. He works at the University of Adelaide and they helped him. They helped the Hollywood special effects artist. So he used an AI thing and it was based on like a generic description. So like word description. He's autopsy photos and the plaster cast that they had. And that that's what it spat out. Okay, I'll obviously post this, but if you... Don't want to wait until then. The links are in so the really description. So really, they
0: just use, like, that app that merges faces together.
1: Yeah, but it looks a lot better than that. <laughs> I slap, think this is a much more expensive version old, uh, of that software. Snapchat
0: face swap and
1: <laughs> uh, No. Um, yeah, I'd say a much more expensive version of that software. But
0: Deep Fake I mean,
1: he looks pretty good. Hm. I think it is kind of wild that they haven't exhumed him before now. Because... The case is still open. They don't know if he was murdered or not. Like, it's still an open case. It's still being researched.
0: I, I'm fairly confident it was a suicide, but...
1: It's hard to say. Because even if he did, if it was poison, did he ingest it? Or did someone give it to him? Yeah. I don't think that they're ever going to solve that part. But if they could at least say who he was, I think that'd uh, probably answer a lot of the questions. But e-
0: even if they do identify him, it turns out he is the father of that guy. Cool. The, well, they still don't fucking know who he was. We just know he was the dad.
1: No, but that doesn't mean that they can't, um, you know, like how they caught the Golden State Killer and stuff. That doesn't mean they can't identify his other relatives. That's true, actually. and And get some sort of sense of who he was. Because this is the thing, no one's ever looked for this guy. Ever.
0: Yeah, or the theory was that he wasn't an Australian, he was from... uh,
1: Yeah, so they think that he probably wasn't a local and that he was probably from overseas. At this point, we are able to share that information, so it's pretty likely that if one of his relatives do have DNA testing on file, that they'll be able to match it and at least figure out where he came from.
0: I think you can work out what country someone's from on their DNA anyway, so... Maybe. But I
1: mean, they haven't even exhumed him to be able to do that. Yeah. So we, we, we literally still know nothing, but it looks like in the next few years, we'll probably know at least where he was from, whether he was Robin's dad. Um, I think it'd be like really good for her granddaughter as well to know where she came from. Mm. Like just to have the answer, I think would probably be like satisfying for her yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just a wild one. I think it's probably one of our like weirdest cold cases. But yeah, I'm actually just keen to know the answer. It, it'd bring me satisfaction to know the answer. There's something going on in Adelaide, by the way. There's a lot of these, like, weird, mysterious ones in Adelaide. I've been to Adelaide.
0: It's a weird place. <laughs>
1: Giant pigeons. Like, I mean, we haven't spoken about it on this podcast, but if you're familiar with uh, old open cases in Australia, Beaumont kids weren't missing in Adelaide.
0: Same beach. Yeah. Don't go to Summerton
1: Beach. <laughs> so, well, yeah, what's going on at Summerton? <laughs> I'm sure there's nothing going on there. It's just a coincidence, but still, <laughs> do you have a segue? I don't
0: know if I do, but um, wh- wh- what are your thoughts on Pete Evans?
1: Oh fuck him! <laughs> Actually, don't don't ever touch him. Who knows? Like, just eat him off the planet, please. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he's the worst.
0: Yeah, I-, I think Pete Evans is a fuckwit. Is a very punchable face. And if you see him, I think you should punch he him. He really does. Because I mean, he's probably a Nazi. Don't condone
1: violence, but...
0: Well, no, it's fine. He's probably a Nazi. Okay.
1: I don't know if that still makes it okay to punch someone in the face, but... Yeah, it does. Or we shouldn't be encouraging people to punch people punch in the face. Punch Nazis. <laughs> You're standing by that statement. Yeah. So, uh, Little
0: Peter, earlier this week, posted a now-deleted image to his Instagram. His a little cartoon of a caterpillar. And the caterpillar's wearing a MAGA hat, which is the Make America Great Again hat. Oh, God. Bad enough. Of course he's a Trump supporter. Of course he is. A caterpillar's talking to a butterfly, and the butterfly has a black sun neo-Nazi symbol in its wings. And it's captioned, the caterpillar says, you've changed, to which the butterfly replies, we're supposed to. I hate it already. As I mentioned, the black sun, not a symbol I was familiar with. I did have to look it up, so I've now got black sun neo-Nazi symbol Googled in
1: my uh, search history. I'm not familiar with it either. To go with the uh, big
0: pedophile search I did last week, so
1: that's nice. You're definitely on a list now.
0: It, I, it, look, it's... <laughs> it's a. Uh, Symbol, that kind of looks like a bit of an abstract drawing of a sun. I see why it's called a black sun. It's black. Circle in the middle, white background, and then like jagged lines out to the edge of the circle. Uh, So other people who have used this is the um, most notably, I suppose, the SS paramilitary ring of Nazi Germany.
1: I knew it had something to do with the SS, but I didn't know.
0: Yeah, well, they're the first ones to use it because they were the Nazis. Uh, White supremacists in the US, paramilitary units in the Ukraine, celebrity chef Pete Evans, and (laughs) the Christchurch (laughs) gunman. What? The gunman in Christchurch last year.
1: Oh, right. Okay, I misheard you. Then I thought you said government, and I was like, "What? No, Christ- the fuck? no, no, no!
0: Pressure no, no. <sighs> government is okay. not a neo-Nazi cult, <laughs> as far as I'm aware."
1: Okay, probably cut that. But I, I thought that's what you said for a second. No, I was like, no, no, no!
0: What the Christchurch fuck? Gunman. Gunman. The government, government, government. Okay, good.
1: Uh, of course that wanker used it. Yeah,
0: it was on his knapsack or something or whatever it is on his
1: rucksack. God, he is the w- he. He's also the worst. Him mm. and Pete Evanson just go chill in prison together, and I think that'd be fine.
0: Sorry. Not the first time Pete's been exposed to controversy, but this time it's finally caught up with him. So since this incident, a lot of big companies who have partnered with Little Pete have cut ties with him, finally.
1: I like that you keep calling him Little Pete. I it's figured fitting. it would
0: piss him off, so. Not that he's going to listen yeah. to this, but maybe he might one day.
1: <laughs> I'm sure he Googles his own name. He seems like the type. <laughs> so.
0: so first and foremost, uh, Pan McMillan, which is his book publisher, who published all his cooking books and shit, uh, they dropped him pretty much straight away. And then they even said to retailers, if you'd like to return the books, please do so.
1: oh man he's gotta be so pissed off
0: channel 10 has dumped him he was due to be in this season of i'm a celeb get me out of here
1: i can't believe it took them this long i can't believe this is what it took because he's done so many things before now
0: the problem was like his name was still good enough to sell shit controversy sells but no one wants to be associated with nazis true (laughs) so with channel 10 actually pete was due to start filming like this week at time of writing, he'd just finished a quarantine for it, and he got dumped.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so satisfying. Uh,
0: however, unfortunately, Channel 10, because, I mean, Channel 10's fucking inept, they likely still have to pay him the one to $200,000 they were going to pay him for the season.
1: Oh, that sucks.
0: Yeah. So he might still get his paycheck from that. Uh, and then finally, Big W, Dimmocks, Woolworths, House, Coles, Cooker, Band, Baccarat and coconut water brand Raw C have all dumped him as well because they had his products or his, like, tires with his brand. I bet
1: he's been online whining about how unfair this all is. (laughs) Well. Because I actually think that I did read that he said he didn't know what it meant.
0: Yeah. So Peter, has played stupider than usual, and said he didn't know what the symbol meant and had to look up what a neo-Nazi actually was. Oh, come off it. This celebrity, nearly 50-year-old chef, had never heard of the term neo-Nazi.
1: Yeah, that's ridiculous. Come on
0: living in the Western world.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think so. I, what's a chef, Peter? I've never heard of a chef. What? A, what what's a chef? Fuck <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't I don't buy that for a second. Maybe he didn't know what the symbol was, because I didn't know what it was, but I can't believe that he doesn't know what a Nazi is. Or a
0: neo-Nazi. Look, I'll be honest, I, I don't mean, know exactly what defines, what separates a Nazi from a neo-Nazi. I just assumed a neo-Nazi was either, a modern Nazi. But I know I what a assu- Nazi is. I would is. assume
1: that... Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, surely you know what that means. A
0: neo-nazi. In, a, like, even a general sense. Is that one of the good ones? Uh, da, da, da. Oh,
1: my God. Can, like,
0: Bob kill it's COVID? Just... Oh, Pete Evans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now i Feed
0: your children fucking bone milk.
1: I'm, I'm going to... Uh, it's bad, but I'm going to Google neo-nazi. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me... That there's not a lot of difference between a Nazi and a neo-Nazi. Yeah, just one's got neon. Uh, Neo just sort of uh, implies post-World War II. So those who have continued with the the Nazi attitude and, you know, the white supremacy, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. So
0: there's a lot of difference. Super wonderful. Um, (laughs) Excellent top-notch people. Wankers, all of them. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Pete apologised on social media, saying, Sincere apologies to anyone who misinterpreted the previous post of a caterpillar and a butterfly having a chat over a drink and perceived that I was promoting hatred. I look forward to studying all of the symbols that have ever existed and research them thoroughly before posting. Hopefully this symbol, heart emoji, resonates deeply into the hearts of all heart emoji. With a picture of a rainbow coloured heart beneath it.
1: I mean, he says to all, does that include neo-Nazis?
0: I suppose. Because there's his
1: bros, apparently.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this, is this his <laughs> Proud Boys standby moment?
1: Oh, my God. <sighs> I did, I did read an article, though, that, that he's said... like, well, I'll just
0: put the, the, the... I'll be like the companies. I'll just put a rainbow heart and then the gays will know I like them for their money, too. Oh, God.
1: I did read an article that whatever he captioned, the, in, I think it was an Instagram post, implied that he didn't know what it meant. Yeah, I well, don't the post know what the caption is gone, gone was. now, so, but you can
0: still find like, so I can't people look it up. that have screen grabbed it, so, but I haven't seen the caption either.
1: Um, I'm curious now. Hold on. I'm just going to Google. Uh, I was hoping that I might be able to find a screen grab of it. <laughs> okay, I just seen the, the caption. An oldie, but a goodie.
0: <laughs> what? That's what he wrote? Yep. An oldie, but a goodie. It's got a MAGA hat on it. It can only be at most four years old.
1: And okay so now I had not seen the symbol before but now that I've seen it that is so defined how could you ever miss that that was a symbol Yeah like I I thought because I hadn't I hadn't actually seen the graphic before this I thought that it was like you know integrated into the butterfly's wing I mean it it's is not but it's
0: like right it's there It's not
1: it's so clearly a symbol on top of it Yeah that I don't know how you wouldn't have looked at that and went oh that's a symbol for something
0: yeah, you're not, you're not looking at going, that's a natural pattern on a butterfly.
1: Sorry, the caption says, an oldie but a goldie. Ugh. That doesn't, um, it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's all around
0: bad. <sighs> Fuck off, Pete. Take your dumb fucking light bulbs and your bone broth baby milk, your Nazi views and your smooth brain eyes too far apart than dink Wednesday. That's what I wrote in my last closing statement. I
1: I guess we should probably say Pete Evans is a celebrity chef, but he's also been known for just being controversial. He's he's said things like COVID doesn't exist. He
0: tried to sell a light bulb that cures COVID.
1: Yeah, but he then tried to sell a product that cured it, a thing that he said that didn't exist. Mm. He also wants you to feed
0: your children um, a milk formula that he invented made out of bone broth instead of breastfeeding. Yeah,
1: it's a hard no. But
0: that's it. That's all I had to say about Pete Evans. Um, hopefully that's the last we ever hear of him. Unfortunately, I doubt it will be.
1: Oh, no. Of course he's going to post something more controversial. He'll survive, oh. I'm sure. Also, another detail I got wrong it was a Facebook post. Sorry? Yeah, It was a Facebook oh, post not an Instagram, Instagram. post. My mistake. So did I. Sorry. It, it was a Facebook post, though, just to clarify mm. that I got that wrong. <sighs> okay. My last story. What a story it is bringing back the dangerous australian animals
0: yay because
1: we can't go along without without one of those uh (laughs) so a a nine-year-old girl was recently bit by a tiger snake in geelong so if you're in geelong watch my (laughs) walking um so tiger snakes are highly venomous i think they're one of the most venomous I'm pretty sure.
0: And it's a combination of a tiger and a snake. So you know it's fucking crazy.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, They are native to Australia on the East Coast, I'm pretty sure. Yay,
0: that's where we live. Woo!
1: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I wrote my notes because of course they are. <laughs> so I actually looked it up and the venom from a tiger snake is gnarly as fuck. Basically, it just clots your blood so bad that you die. Nice. Which I can't imagine is a pleasant experience.
0: About 60% of tiger snake bites result in significant envenoming requiring anti-venom therapy.
1: It is worth noting that not many people die from snake bites in Australia.
0: Good. One death a year from tiger snakes on average? Yeah. Which ain't too bad.
1: It, look, we we don't we don't get... Uh, snake bite deaths often at all especially in comparison to the amount of highly highly venomous snakes in australia i think it
0: helps that because we're so expensive of them the anti-venom yes. is never really that far away
1: no so anti-venom here is pretty good we're also pretty well educated on how to deal with it yeah i mean i'm assuming you know what to do if you get bit by a snake yeah scream no that's not the answer in fact you should not do that no that is the opposite calm, of what you tarn- <laughs>
0: Try not to move. Exactly.
1: Call for help. That's it. That's all you can do. But because that, like, I learned that in school. Like, we're we're pretty well educated on what we should be doing. And venom is, e- like, anti-venom is pretty easy to come by. So we're lucky and unlucky at the same time. Mm. <laughs> So, needless to say, after I've just told you how venomous they are and what their venom does to you, that that's probably pretty dangerous for a little girl. Yeah. Tiny little girl. But this little girl knew exactly what to do. And you would think that she learned it in school or something like that, but she didn't. <laughs> that's not where she learned it from at all. She knew how to react because of Russell Coit. Nice. So, if you're not from Australia, you might not know who Russell Coit is. He's a fictional character um, and he's from a parody TV show called All Aussie Adventures. Um, honestly, look it up. It's a really funny show. I've never actually seen it. <laughs> I that. enjoyed it. It's, it's funny. Um, But the whole premise of the show is for him to spread misinformation <laughs> and then mayhem ensues. Like that's the whole premise of the show. So it's funny that she. Yeah, knew what he's kind of like <laughs> a
0: Croc Dundee, Steve Irwin kind of character, from what I understand.
1: Yeah, but Steve Irwin was real. Yeah, I like, And he gave saying, good like, information. That's like what he
0: looks like and how he's sort of like that sort of like it's probably yobbo kind yeah. of. Yeah, like, not that Steve Irwin was a yobbo, but
1: <laughs> no, but he was definitely from like regional Queensland. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't mean that. I mean like. You know, regional Queensland definitely have, like, a distinctive Australian accent, is what I'm saying.
0: Ocker okay, um,
1: as ocker okay, as absolutely. Um, I don't know if ocker is a term for anywhere else in the world either, but it just means that you've got a really strong Aussie accent. That's all it means.
0: Yeah, I'm not even sure. It's exactly O-C-C-A. the
1: stereotype you're thinking of.
0: The term ocker is used both as a noun and an adjective for Australian who speaks and acts in a rough and uncultivated manner, using a broad Australian accent.
1: Yeah. There you go. So, I'm sure that Russell Coit directly takes inspiration from steve Owen. i'm positive of it because they dress the same way they speak sort of the same way i'm sure that that he's a an influence on the character so i do think it's really funny that a show that deliberately spreads misinformation also that
0: she's seen because she's what nine years old
1: she's not I hasn't been on tv in ages yeah, it came out in 2001 like, there's been no new episodes in a long time like <laughs> but russell coit is her hero she she loves russell coit okay Um, So yeah, I do think it's funny that she learned it from that. So she knew to remain calm mobilize the limb. She got bit on the foot, by the way. Mobilize the limb and call triple zero. I think the foot is one of the best
0: places you can get bitten on because it's so far from
1: the heart. Yeah. So like if you're going to get bit, get bit on the toe or the finger. That's the the best place. (laughs) Um, But once the media got a hold of the story and the fact that she did it because of, uh, you know, Russell Coit, Glenn Robbins, who plays the character, actually called her. (laughs) I just think that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. And she said that she wanted to nominate him for Australian of the Year for helping her save her.
0: That's nice. But uh, Fitzsimmons Sim- <laughs> Fitz- Fitz is getting it. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I know. But <laughs> I just thought it was-, it was very, very cute. They had like a transcript in the article. It was-, it was very adorable. And so I'll I'll leave it on this. She, The little girl, she does have some advice for everyone. If you don't want IV tubing put in your arms, just wear shoes. I wear
0: shoes and I've had an IV tubing in my arm.
1: <laughs> Same. But I think she's I saying wear shoes so you don't get bit on the foot.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad she's fine.
1: Yeah, no, she's fine.
0: <laughs> Got a good story to tell. Uh, bit by a snake and then
1: yeah. Glenn Robbins called me. And then Russell Clay called me.
0: My last is really quick. Okay. Let's, let's, I mean, it's probably good because we've been going out. for ages. Yeah, this is going to be a fucking... <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is going to be a long episode, oh, I'm sorry. God.
0: What springs to mind when I say redskins?
1: Well, they're clearly a lolly.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm sure some of our international viewers have just gone, oh my god. <laughs>
1: Yeah, probably. But in Australia, that's a lolly.
0: But let's not be coy about it it is kind of a racist it's, name. it's a
1: derogatory term yeah
0: i guess the fact that we don't really have the people who would have been referred to as red-skinned in australia but still bad yeah. name doesn't fit with the modern world we live in Alan's is not. like right let's fucking change it which they announced and good, for them. good choice they're also naming some of their other other candies like cheekies and shit
1: wasn't there like the little um
0: the little like brown boy Candies. Yeah. yeah they really me those what, as were they, well. what were they called? Cheekies, I think. or oh, they're called cheekies now.
1: What were they called originally? It was a derogatory term. Yeah,
0: hang on. Um,
1: was it chicos?
0: Maybe. It probably was, you know.
1: And obviously I'm using it in the context of the candy and not using it in a derogatory way, by the way.
0: Yeah, cheekies, formerly. I, feel-
1: I, I, I feel bad saying it, but that's what they were called.
0: Yeah, well, it's, the problem I have with, um, yeah, they used to be called chicos, which mm. is Spanish slang for, like, small boy or child or something, but I'm sure it has some connotations. Like, a word that I have no issues with uh, is Piccaninny, but I know a lot of places outside of New Guinea find that very uh, racially offensive. And I was right, like, okay. what are you talking about? Piccaninny is not a racial word at all. Because to me, that is the, that's the pigeon word in New Guinea for child. Like, right, you know, okay. Like, it's you are a Pikanini. But apparently the direct translation is like, brown child or something like that. And so people in other countries, it's got more of a racial term on it. But in New Guinea, it's thrown around all the time. Like, Pikanini, below me, go school, whatever. Um, that's just how I it is. I think
1: what does happen, and the reason why these terms do become derogatory, is because other people from other cultures or countries take them and make them, make them have a different meaning.
0: I I can see where Pikanini definitely went down the racial terminology mm. uh, in other countries when i when i like i only heard about this earlier this year i'm like what the fuck that wasn't the case in new guinea and you know i'm not out fucking on the street saying all the time anyway so it'll be fine but i think you know they're like you can't use those words kind of thing yeah definitely you can't but i think when we're talking about them you know it's okay to say them you can't sort of just pretend mm. it never happened kind of thing let's not yeah. go there let's get back to the story so they're renaming the Redskin candy good choice they went with red ripper how's that sound to you
1: that's a dog's dick I'm not kidding.
0: No, it's a red rocket. Are you sure? In South Park episodes like red rocket, red rocket.
1: No, I've definitely heard that term. Red
0: Ripper is a dog stick.
1: Maybe it's like the Australianized version of a red rocket. Well, I was going
0: to ask you if it actually rang any bells, and not, not, well, not, not the one I thought it would ring for you.
1: Um, there's also a serial killer called the Red Ripper, so that's not really yes. what you want to be associated with, because literally the first thing that comes up when I Google Red Ripper, the serial killer, comes up. Cool. Thank you for ruining my story. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: Because I've written here, does it ring any bells? And you, you go, I don't know, or maybe. And then I say, because I know you love serial killers and true crime, being a white woman aged between 25 and 39.
1: I've 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 never, ever heard of the I Red think Rupert, you might not have.
0: Um, I understand why Alan's probably didn't. But yes, the Red Ripper is actually a Russian serial killer who raped and murdered up to 52 women over two decades before he was executed in
1: 1994. Surely, like, okay, surely...
0: You should Google names?
1: Yeah, like, you've come up with a name. Wouldn't you just Google it just out of curiosity to make sure no one else has it?
0: I think they've gone, like, Red and then... Ripper isn't like, you, Ripper, which is like an Australian thing. I
1: get that. Fucking Google it. I get it. that, I do. How long does it
0: take to Google it? But Why are CEOs and rich people so stupid?
1: Yeah, I don't understand.
0: <laughs> so obviously they got panned on social media after a reveal, and at time of writing, Nestle, who owns Ellen's, has uh, declined
1: to comment. Because they failed to fucking Google a name. hmm I would think that if you come up with a name, wouldn't you have at least looked into what else it's associated with?
0: Yeah, because then you need to worry about it being trademarked. I'm sure... You know what they probably do? All of those things. You know what they probably do? They don't Google it. They just Google it. They just like look up their trademark database and go, that's not taken.
1: But you would still think, especially in this day and age, where people get outraged about pretty much everything... That you would at least look up what else it's associated with, yeah. because obviously Red Ripper, not the like the first thing. That's not that's not original. Like,
0: yeah, look, if this was say if we were thirty years ago and they called it Red Ripper, when this guy would have been killing women, I think it would have been fine because no one would have fucking known about it because this was before the internet. You know, we wouldn't have heard about a notorious Russian yeah. serial <laughs> killer. But uh, yeah, so no longer is your candy racist. It is instead about a guy who raped and murdered women.
1: Lovely. I mean, I don't like these uh lollies anyway, so it doesn't really bother me. Yeah, too I don't. Much. I, like, I can't even remember still, the last time I
0: saw a bag of Redskins in the. Uh, all they do
1: center. is pull out your fillings. Like they're not good. They're not for chewing. Like, they're for I, sucking.
0: You got to suck on a red river, <sighs> which is even worse because you think it means dog penis.
1: I've definitely heard that in relation <laughs> to uh, a dog stick before. So, and I'm fairly certain that when I seen this, because they've been talking about changing the name for a while. Um, and I'm fairly certain that when the name was first suggested, that I seen a Facebook comment where a woman went, "That's a dog's dick." <laughs> So either way you look at it, it's not good. But you're right, they probably did just look at the copyrights and go, oh, no one's taken it, we'll just use it. Oh,
0: sweet, the one thing Disney hasn't fucking bought.
1: Yeah, I wonder why. (laughs) There you go.
0: I think that brings us to the end.
1: (laughs) What an ending it is. If you like
0: to submit stories that you like to cover in the podcast, give us some feedback and think of all of it all really, you can contact us by email at fmededpodcast at gmail.com. That's fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. Or through Twitter at podcast, and now on Instagram at fmedeadpod. Where you can also keep up to date. I like
1: I like how you got louder at now on Instagram. <laughs>
0: now on Instagram. Yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. It came out today on when episodes are released. Links to our sources and any pictures or videos that we mentioned in the episode. I'm assuming we're going to share the picture of the Summerton Man CG re- replicant. Definitely. We won't share his dead pictures. No, I'm
1: not going to show those Google ones. You can Google them
0: easily anyway. All the information will be in the episode notes, and you can also find it on our website at fuckmedeadpodcast.com, which has a list of all the ways you can listen to the website. And you can also listen to the episodes directly on the website. Subscribe if you have the time. Leave us a review. Anything else you'd like to add before we scoodaloo?
1: We really need to clean up this outro. We okay. do. It's too it long. Is. We'll work on it. But the thing is what happens is I say that, I said it last week, I'm saying it this week. I'll forget about it. And then I'll and then I'll hear it next week and go, we got we got to fix that. <laughs> um no, I think I think that's I it. Mean, do we, we really need to tell really people what they're going to
0: find like it's fucking Instagram. What are you going to find on Instagram? Pictures. It's Twitter. What are you going to find there? Tweets. Yeah. People know what to expect. We'll just cut it out. Yeah. Follow us on these websites, blah.
1: I think we've been talking for long enough really. <laughs> This is a long episode. I'm sorry. I'd, I thought I had uh, condensed my summer to man story into an acceptable length, but apparently not. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, thanks again for listening this week, and we will talk to you next week with information about the exciting things coming for
0: our year anniversary. Maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, we will. We'll, we'll decide do. on stuff before then. We'll we'll let you know next week exactly what's going to be happening.
0: Probably a podcast.
1: Yeah, definitely a podcast. <laughs> 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 Goodbye. Okay. Bye.